Hey, welcome to the Syracuse Vineyard Podcast. Thanks for taking some time to listen in with us. If you like what you're hearing and would like to know more about the church, you can go to our website at vineyardny.org or follow us on social media at vineyardny on YouTube, vineyardny Syracuse on Instagram, and vineyardny-syracuse on Facebook. There are a few videos referenced in this message, and if you want to check those out, there will be a link in the description, or you can watch a full sermon at vineyardny on YouTube. And now we're going to listen in on this week's message. online. It's so good that you're joining us. I want you to participate in our conversation today by just saying a hey or a hallelujah as things touch you and put those comments in the comment section. And uh, and Fireside, thank you for also participating from a distance. I'm just, it's such a treat for me to be here. It's like going to a cousin's or an auntie's house or an uncle's house. And you get to see all your distant relatives that you hadn't seen in a while. So thanks guys for having me here. I want to do a quick survey, and you guys are going to raise your hands for me to answer this survey. How many of you, by show of hands, would consider yourselves to be an introvert? An introvert is someone who loves, like, smaller gatherings, one-on-one interactions. Okay, it's kind of a small group. Yeah, okay, see ya. How many of you, I gotcha, (laughs) how many of you um, would consider yourself to be an extrovert? You love, uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh, you love large group gatherings. You like, you just, it energizes you. Okay, wait, let me see the hands one more time. I heard the woo, but I need to see the, okay, it might be kind of a tie. All right, another one. How many of you would consider yourselves to be an ambivert? Who knows what that is? Trying to see in the textbook. Okay. So an ambervert is someone who is an extroverted introvert or an introverted extrovert. Yes. I think I am an extroverted introvert. Like at my core, I um, am super energized by alone time. Um, I love intimate one-on-one conversations. I love to go deep with a smaller group of people. But then there are moments where I love a party just as much as the next person. Like I'm looking forward to our volunteer appreciation dinner where I get to see everyone, smile, catch up, and just have a good time. Well, no matter where you fall in that spectrum of desired social interaction, one thing is for certain. You're going to have to deal with people. We can't hide from that. And we know that God created us to be in community with one another. We are created to be connected. As a kingdom community, we are created to be connected with Jesus at the center. And as a kingdom community, it's wherever God's people gather. There are millions of kingdom communities all across the world, and they're going to look different and sound different because the people look different and sound different. But one thing that should be consistent is that the culture of God's kingdom is present, no matter how diverse that community might be. The values of the kingdom of God should be present. You know, we are a kingdom community here at the Syracuse Vineyard Church. We are kingdom communities at our individual sites And our kingdom community ought to reflect the culture 
of the kingdom. You know, it's standards and it's values. The culture of God's kingdom is very different to the world's culture. So one example as I was thinking about this is like as an American born in the United States, I think that one of our American values is um, to be independent. We value independence. You know, something about a story of someone who did something on their own or built something out of nothing, like we go wild about that. But God's kingdom seems to value interdependence where no one thing falls on one person, but rather we're all hands in helping each other. As a kingdom community, we get to host the presence of God and help bring his kingdom to earth through our relationship and fellowship with Jesus. So what is this kingdom community? Well, a kingdom community also, we are commissioned to share the good news with anyone who will listen and help bring healing and restoration to people's lives. As a kingdom community, we exist in both the spiritual and the natural realm, and Jesus, our king, endows us with spiritual authority. I mean, we have the ability to create and destroy through the power of our words and also remove and restore through that same authority. We can evict demons and tell them where to go in Jesus' name, and we have the ability to remove darkness from circumstances and from our lives because of that spiritual authority that he gives us. As citizens of God's kingdom, our names are written in heaven, and God knows us. We await a permanent dwelling with him. But while we wait, we're still here. We're still physically here. And we have bodies that have to be tended to, that require stretching, vegetables, rest, and we still have to deal with people. So again, doesn't matter if you're an extrovert, introvert, or ambivert. Just I hope I added a new word to your vocabulary today. Uh, we still have to interact and deal with people. And you know, sometimes these interactions are delightful. And other times they are dreadful. But I want to share something really important with you today. As citizens of God's kingdom, we are given clear instructions on how we ought to be with one another. We're called to bring the kingdom of God to earth as it is in heaven through our actions and our words, and we are called to a higher standard. We're called to love. And I don't mean like the ooey-gooey, syrupy, sweet, like, oh, I don't mean that kind of love. I mean the tie up your bootstraps, uncomfortable, inconvenient, sometimes messy kind of love. The Jesus kind of love. The love that's sacrificial. The love that's higher. And some of you might be saying, Max, that is so easy. I can love all day, every day. I don't know about that. It seems easy until someone hurts you, until they lie on you, until they steal from you, or they cheat you, or they just flat out disrespect you. That's a different story. And if they do something hurtful or painful to someone you love, forget about it. As a mom, if someone hurts my kids, it's time to go to war, right? 
You are not going to hurt any of my babies. You're not going to hurt any of my friends. You're not going to hurt. I will not allow you to hurt me. If you hurt me, you be prepared. I'm, you got something coming back to you. That's the world's way, right? Like, that's the world's culture. The world tells us that we got to, you know, give an eye for an eye. And, you know, you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you even more. But God's kingdom says, no, not quite. Jesus asks us to meet hurt and pain caused by other people with love. And when dealing with interpersonal conflict, we ought to have this in mind. So what I would like to talk about with you today is something called the culture of blessing. How to deal with conflict. Whether you're in the kingdom or thinking about being a part of the kingdom, we have to interact with each other. And how would God have us to do that? So what are you saying, Maxine? All right, I'm saying to you that being hurt by people is a part of life. It is what it is. Expect it. Don't be surprised by it. If you haven't been hurt by anyone yet, you will. It's going to happen. And I'm also saying to you, cursing people who hurt us is way too easy. We ought to practice the higher road of blessing instead of cursing. I'm saying, as kingdom people, we must learn how to develop an attitude and a habit of praying for people and blessing them when they do hurtful things to us. We have to learn how to embody the kingdom's culture of blessing. What is this culture of blessing? Well, the culture of blessing is a kingdom reality where we treat people with the love of God regardless of how they treat us. We bless them with our kindness and our patience, our mercy, and sometimes we just bless them with really good practical stuff, like physical stuff. And I know that there's some nuances to this, right? Like there's some conversations where there's some situations that require deeper conversation. Things aren't so black and white. And, I, I'm, and I'm not talking about that for the purpose of this discussion. What I'm looking at is interpersonal conflict, one-on-one -on -one challenges that we have with each other, and even in smaller group settings. We have to learn how to live in peace with one another. It's the first thing I want to share with you. Jesus wants us to engage in conflict with peace. We're told in Scripture to pray, intercede, and offer thanksgiving for all people so that we may live peaceful and quiet lives. We see that in 1 Timothy, 1, uh, 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 through 2. And we're told to make every effort to live in peace with everyone. Hebrews 12, 14 tells us that. But who is everyone? It's us. It's you in this room. It's those in your neighborhood, those at your job, those in your family. It's everyone. We're also told to be kind and compassionate with one another and to forgive Jesus, to forgive just as Jesus forgave us. Ephesians 4:32 drives that point home. Read with me Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14 says, "Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. 
bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. That is a beautiful scripture. It is so pretty to look at. And it is so cute to read. <laughs> Listen, let's be honest. Sometimes I don't feel like doing that. Sometimes I honestly, like, I want to lay hands on people first and then pray about it later. And I don't mean the, the godly laying on hands. God knew this was going to be hard for us. Right? He knew that this was going to be a challenge for us to not want to take matters into our own hands and do something to someone that did something to us. So he added something else in Scripture for us to hold on to. Walk with me over to Romans chapter 12. If you have a physical Bible, you can open that up. Does anyone want a physical Bible? Please raise your hand. Ushers will get one to you. Otherwise, just follow along with me with your favorite um, Bible app. Romans chapter 12. All right, we're going to start in verse 17. Paul says, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. He tells us vengeance is his and he will take care of it. He gets tapped in when we behave like him in a situation, and he goes to bat for us. Again, he says, vengeance is mine. I'll take care of it from here. It's like wrestling. When you've done all you can, and you're in the ring, and eventually you're like, I am tired. I have forgiven. I have tried my best to pray. I have tried my best to make amends. It's not working. I'm tired. Tag. You tap out, let him tap in, and he takes it from there. God gets involved when we enter conflict with peace. We can stand strong knowing that God's got our back, and he's going to be fighting for us in, in places and, and spiritual spaces that we cannot reach. Exodus 14, 14 says, The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And some translations say, the Lord will fight for you. Hold your peace. God wants to be involved. The father says, I know some people are going to do hurtful things to you, terrible things. But don't give them what they give to you. You are bigger and better than that. Don't try to get revenge. When you copy me and do as I do in a conflict, you automatically tag me into the fight. I'll take care of it from here. Keep your head up. Bless them. Don't curse them. Hold your peace. And because we have a, a tendency of holding stress and tension and anger in our physical bodies, you know, stretch it out. Take your breaths. Breathe and just walk it out. 
Jesus loves it when we allow ourselves to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, by reading scripture and actually doing what scripture tells us to do. Not just being hearers of the word, but doers of the word. And he loves it when we grow in our likeness of him. When we keep our hearts right before him, he taps in and he does what he's going to do. Because for him, truth, justice, and righteousness has to have the last say. But there is something that we could do that could make him want to tap out. And this is amazing. Read with me Proverbs 24. We're going to start in verse 17 through 18. And I have two different translations up there because they emphasize something really specific that I, I appreciate. In the Amplified Bible translation, it says, Do not rejoice and gloat when your enemy falls, and do not let your heart be glad in self-righteousness when he stumbles. Or the Lord will see your gloating and be displeased and turn his anger away from your enemy. The Passion Translation says, never gloat when your enemy meets disaster and don't be quick to rejoice if he falls for the Lord who sees your heart will be displeased with you and will pity your foe. So hold on. <clears throat> Lord, um, she got what was coming to her. I mean, she deserved that. And Lord, did you see what he did to me? How could I not feel the way I feel? It's, it's the pull. It's the draw. It's, it feels natural to do that, right? Like it almost feels like we're going against nature to not do or to not respond in that way. So how do we keep our hearts from bending in that direction? How do we keep from gloating in the face of hardship for those who hurt us? Well, we pray for one another. We pray, we bless. God wants us to pray for and bless those who hurt us. He wants us to embody the culture of blessing. Pray for a blessing. Be a blessing. Speak words of goodwill and happiness over a person. Pray for God's goodness and provision to show up for them. And pray that God will just meet everyday practical needs for them blessing. Proverbs 18.21 tells us that we have the ability to create and destroy with our words, and the Father wants us to learn how to speak blessing upon people and leave the outcome to him. I want to emphasize something else that was in Romans 12. 17 uh, through 21. I want to focus on one sentence specifically. Again, it says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. As far as it depends on you. Hmm. Sounds like we have a a role to play in this. I know, like, we can't control other people's reactions and responses to us. Some things are just so involved. You kind of, like, you got to put your piece out there and step back. Like, you know what I mean? Like, give God time to work in their hearts and do some things. Some things just require time and space. But I want to ask you this question. 
how much peace is actually in you? Do you get angry easily? Can anything set you off? Um, do people have to walk on eggshells around you? Like maybe here you're, you're super sweet and, and fun and everything's all good, but then you go home or you go to work and you're that person. Do you know someone like that? Who is just very hard to be around them? It's, it's, it's just, ugh. How miserable their hearts must be. You know, how sad it is to have so little joy and so little peace in your heart that everything just, you know, it's like, it's like you spew out negativity. When I get some downtime, which isn't that often, but when I do, um, I have been really enjoying binge-watching The Jeffersons. Are you guys familiar with The Jeffersons? If you're not, let me show you the opening clip to it, because as soon as the song comes on, it should ring some bells. I adore this show. There's like 11 seasons and a little plug. It's on Amazon Prime. You can watch all the seasons. If you watch any episodes, email me so we can talk about the episodes together. But, oh, man. So it's at the point now, like, when I sit on the couch, my kids are like, Ma, are you about to watch the Jeffersons? I'm like, yeah, I am. <laughs> they already know. Norman Lear is the creator of that um, sitcom, and um, he also uh, was uh, responsible for creating um, All in the Family. And I'm finding that the sitcoms of this day, of that time period, which was like 70s, some of them ran into the 80s, but um, they were so raw. They were like so honest, and like uncomfortably honest though. They were blunt. They dealt with the issues of the day, just like no holds barred. And Norman Lear and the writers of this show, they had a, a really cool ability to explore difficult interpersonal conflict situations that were very heated, but they laced it with humor. And it was like, you could laugh at it, but you knew it was like really deep. It was serious stuff. So there's this, uh, there's been a number of times, you know, watching episodes, my husband and I on the couch, and I was like, hold on a sec, grab the remote, pause that. Did he just say what I think he just said? Did he just use that word? That was, they allowed that on national TV? <laughs> Nowadays, that is not happening. But yeah, oh, crazy. But I want to share this clip with you that I feel like it really embodies some of the stuff that we're talking about. Um, let me just give you a heads up. Some of the language can be a little saucy when you watch these episodes. But in this one, there's just one, one or two words that might catch you off guard, and I just want to give you a heads up about that. Let me give you some background on this clip. So George Jefferson, he is an owner of um, dry, a dry cleaning business, and that was kind of the premise of the show, that as a businessman, he moved on up from a low-income neighborhood to this high-rise in the sky, and now he's super rich, and he has like multiple um, 
uh, laundromats in, in different locations. And he thought he was going to a businessman's meeting. What he didn't know is that he was actually attending a Klan recruitment meeting. And as the clip is gonna start, the, the gentleman who was leading the meeting ends up having a heart attack. So this is where we pick up in this episode. Well, does anyone know what to do? Someone, please. <laughs> Mr. J, do you realize what you've done? Yeah, a real stupid thing. No, you saved a man's life. Well, a guy don't deserve to live. Oh, George, I know he's despicable, but everyone deserves to live. You did the right thing. Oh, yeah, then why do I feel like I just got kicked in my stomach? You don't know Willis. He wouldn't like nothing better but to see me swinging at the end of the rope. But for a second, you forgot that and just saw another human being. Yes, and that makes you a better man than he can ever hope to be. Mr. J, you breathed the life back into him. Mm, I should have inhaled. <laughs> um, Mr. Jefferson. What do you want? Well, I just, I just wanted to thank you for saving my dad's life. Well, forget it. How you doing, Dad? I'm tired, son. Real tired. Well, we'll get you to the hospital. You can rest there. Yeah, we can we can ride down with you. No, no. You two stay here and continue the meeting. It's important to the cause. Dad. Well, the paramedics said if Mr. Jefferson hadn't given you CPR, you wouldn't have made it. He saved my life? Yeah. You should have let me die. <laughs> See that? They never change. You saved their life and they still don't change. <laughs> Come on, let's get out of here. Luke 23, 34, and Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Luke uh, 6, 27 through 28, but to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. 
If we're going to be a true kingdom community, we've got to learn how to communicate with one another when we have to engage in difficult conversations. If we're going to be an authentic, beloved community, we've got to learn to keep peace at the front and love always in the center. If we're going to defeat darkness in the spiritual and in the natural realm, we've got to learn to be persistent in the face of fire. Look evil in its eyes and speak truth to it. And with pain in our hearts and tears in our eyes, still be in awe of Yahweh, Jehovah God, and consider his ways. The path Jesus took in the face of challenge and opposition, we can do our part and tap him into the conflict. Just like Moses told the Israelites to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, we too can stand still and watch for God to work within our difficult situations and the painful relationships that we have. Jesus is not impressed when we act like those that don't know him. And we don't do any better. Kingdom people ought to do better. Period. Whether someone responds to our efforts to make peace and to resolve a conflict, it really doesn't matter. We are going to pray for them and bless them anyway. We're going to try. Maybe as I was speaking, a person or a situation came to your mind. Or maybe you revisited a conversation that you had or a situation that you had went through. Or maybe you're going through right now and it like it it elicits an emotional reaction for you maybe you you almost tense up remember that tension I was talking about you feel it all over again and if that's for you if that hits for you I want to pray for you and maybe you're thinking you know what I want this Lord I, I do want this I do want to be more like you I do want to pray for those who hurt me I want to be a reflection of God's kingdom culture. And I want to learn how to pray a prayer of blessing over those who treat me bad or who hurt me. If that is you, I'm going to ask that you stand because I would love to pray for you. In just a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray a blessing over someone. Um, I just really want to, like, support you in giving some of the language to say. I'm going to start off by saying, Jesus, I'd like to pray for, and then you, you fill in the blank um, with the person's name. You could say it in the quietness of your heart, or you could say it out loud, however you feel led to do that. And then I'm going to say, he or she hurt me when they, and you're actually going to say what it is they did. Again, you can say it in the quietness of your heart, or you can, you know, say it out loud. Or maybe you're the person who caused the pain, and I'm going to give you a chance to pray as well. So just close your eyes. Take a deep breath. Jesus is here with us. Jesus, I'd like to pray for 
he or she hurt me when they or Jesus I would like to pray for I hurt them when I and just agree with me in this prayer I ask that you bless them today Jesus I ask that that person feels your love today. I ask that you meet every single one of their needs. I ask that you help them in all the ways that they need your help. Will you help them to know you if they don't know you? And if they do know you, will you help them to know you even more? Now, some of you might be feeling, um, having a physical response to this prayer. Uh, maybe uh, your heart is beating real fast, or maybe you feel like a, a, a tightness or a tenderness in your chest, or maybe you feel heat. Something is happening for you. If that is you, can you raise your hand? Okay, so can those of you around them, as you feel comfortable, can you just come around them and pray for them? Because this just means that the Lord wants to do a deeper healing work. And his presence is just saturating this person right now. So as you feel comfortable, just come beside someone and just pray blessing over them. Come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. You could just pray that, come Holy Spirit. Who else, want, who else felt something? Just raise your hand so we know who to have come beside you. Okay, one person here. Okay, so we're just praying, come Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Have your way, Lord. More of you, Lord. Father, in the name of your wonderful son, Jesus, I ask that you pour your spirit upon these folks, your people. Set them free from the pain that they are carrying. I pray you help them to forgive themselves and to forgive others. And I pray you give them peace as they seek to be more like you, to embody the culture of blessing. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. So, Lord, I just thank you. I pray blessing and protection upon all of your people. Thank you for the gift of your word that is so able to cut straight through to the heart of an issue that can separate the lies from the truth. Thank you that you love us enough to lead and guide us and keep us along your righteous path. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. So if you participated in that prayer, I'm going to ask that you just check off on the, on the back of your connection card that you did pray a blessing over someone. If you, if, wherever you are in this tender moment, if you decide, I might not do it right now, but I'll do it later, still check it off because I want to pray for you this week. I definitely want to pray for you this week. Um,
prayer teams are going to be up here afterwards. Please come up and get prayer, but just allow me to just say a quick blessing over you again. Father, thank you so much for the gift of this day. We love you. Thank you for all that you are and all that you do. Protect your people. Shower us with your love and fill us with your truth. In Jesus' name, amen.